tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Good morning. It's Friday. And it's Friday, May 1st, 2020. Hey, welcome to May. And they say April showers bring May flowers. We hope that that is true. But... Who knows what's going to happen, right? All kinds of stuff. It's, it's kind of like just off the chain because we don't, we don't, it, it doesn't just seem like everything is going the way that it should. I mean, one minute they're opening up some states, some states are not open. And then when they're not doing that, it looks like even here in Michigan, people are marching on the Capitol with guns to have the states reopen. I don't know if they think they can shoot their way into going to get a haircut or so they can go get their coffee. Although we all have Keurig and all kinds of coffee machines in our homes. I don't know what the big fuss is in terms of a pandemic. It's not like this is not a legitimate reason for 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 us to stay home. This is a legitimate reason where it's proven that in, in eight weeks, over 60,000 people have died in America compared to the Vietnam War that lasted for nine years. In nine years of the Vietnam War, 58,000 people died. In eight weeks of COVID-19, of a pandemic, of a virus, 60,000 people died. And people still, you don't think that's pause? That's enough for pause? You don't think that that's enough for you to think about whether or not you should have states reopen? Then something is seriously wrong with your, your mental processes. If you can't look at that and think that there is something wrong with this virus, that the more we go out and associate and congregate, is the more we are likely to find ourselves in a problem. If you don't think there's something wrong with that, then there's something very wrong with your processes and how you think. That's just how I see it. Because I, for one, I cannot imagine how we don't see that there's something very wrong with with the way in which this this virus is being conducted. Next week, we're going to do a show on Confessions of an Innkeeper. And it's going to talk about coronavirus in Atlanta, how people in Atlanta are so totally unaware, especially black folks in Atlanta, who are doing all kinds of things that uh, render them in grave harm. And where the governor just seems not to care about that part of the electorate because he's never going to get their votes, apparently. And he, not, he's historically, he wouldn't care. He's a white man. He got rid of the black woman who was running for governor. While he was secretary of state, he purged the voter rolls. All kinds of stuff have gone on. This is some of these things need to be addressed. That's, a, that's an issue for another day and another time, right? As, especially as we approach the elections. But right now, this is coronavirus, and we need to take steps to make sure that all are safe, not just some, but all. So I'm sorry to those of us who feel like you are white and it's not going to happen to you. That's not the story. It's going to happen to you. It's coming. But those folks who protested in Michigan a couple weeks ago, well, they're seeing spikes in cases in Lansing where they protested and in western Michigan. In Kent County, Michigan, all of a sudden, coronavirus rates have gone up. So keep going out and congregating and mixing with people and mixing and mixing and mixing and think this is a joke. China created this for a reason. And you're all laying, being latent to it and acting like you're fools and lambs to the slaughter. And a lamb to the slaughter just walking right into China's uh, death wish for all of us. China does not like America or Americans, doesn't like the concept of America. So they'll do anything to eliminate America. And I wish you all would just realize it and stop doing bloody business with China. Okay? It's not working. It's not working at all, right? So today we're going to talk about coronavirus killing senior citizens in Detroit nursing homes. And I, I, I don't... I, we're not the only ones who are having this issue, but it became a problem, and here is why. Uh, the mayor of Detroit recently announced that almost 4,000 residents of Detroit nursing homes, assisted living centers, and other facilities for the elderly have tested positive 
for COVID-19. Are you hearing me? 4,000 residents of Detroit nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and other facilities for the elderly. So we're not just talking about, we're not talking about Southeast Michigan or Metro Detroit. We're talking about Detroit. There are 19 nursing homes around one hospital. That's a lot, right? And we, there, with almost 1,000 senior citizens have died from the virus. Are you hearing that number? So where are the family members for all those people? Healthcare workers point to the lack of testing in the early days of the coronavirus as to the reason why Metro Detroit senior citizens are dying at such high rates. And they insist that poor sanitary conditions of nursing homes are entirely to blame. With a shocking fatality rate of 22% and with almost 40% of Detroit senior citizens in assisted living facilities testing positive, the coronavirus is proving to be even deadlier than old age. I felt something. I felt like I was going to throw up just reading that. I really feel badly. I need some tea. Just give me a chance to sip some tea here. Because I cannot believe, God help us all, I cannot believe that we have abandoned our parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles, and leave them in nursing homes and assisted living facilities for them to fend for themselves in poor, unsanitary conditions. Can we just talk about that for a second? Poor, unsanitary conditions. Are you all listening? And we have left them. It's not just in Detroit. It's all over the country. Uh, I used to work in healthcare. I was an, a healthcare consultant for many years prior to, to working as an author and speaker. And I was uh, I specialized in community-based Medicare accreditation, right? So my job primarily was in community-based uh, healthcare facilities, nursing homes home care nursing, right? I was an administrator for for a home care agency for several, as a matter of fact, I worked as a consultant. And so I became, I developed ideas on how healthcare is conducted amongst the elderly, because primarily our population and the demographic served were elderly residents, senior citizens. So I developed some idea of what best practices should take place. And I'm going to be honest with you. One of the biggest things that Medicare had a problem with in certifying uh, residential facilities for seniors and certifying uh, residential, uh, anyone providing care to the elderly was infection control. And infection control developed from unsanitary conditions. Infection control was the biggest thing. The biggest fear that Medicare had was that was something like this would happen that people would literally, older people would literally suffer from a virus outbreak that would kill them randomly just because of the unsanitary conditions that exist in nursing facilities. I ain't kidding you. When I read the story, one of the persons who operates a series of nursing homes, I'm surprised that Medicare gave him accreditation because I recognize the name as somebody who failed many infection control certifications from Medicare. I don't know how come he owns uh, uh, home uh, nursing homes. I was like, seriously, when I read the name, I'm like, how come? I'm pretty sure he would remember me too. And I'm pretty sure if he knew that I were out here uh, doing this and talking about him, he would probably back off. Right? Because they know that this is wrong. Medicare has always had a problem with infection control and how that is conducted. Do you, are you hearing me? And because of that, we've always had issues with how these are done. Medicare has always worried about it. A lot of people in healthcare have always worried about it. And yet here we are. The poor unsanitary conditions exist because people who operate nursing homes and residential facilities, they're in it for the money. They're not in it to provide care no matter how glossy the brochure is, no matter how nice it looks when you go to, to, to visit it. The place always smells of urine 
the plate that when you go to visit your relatives, if they know you're coming, they clean them up and clean up the room if they know you're coming. But if they don't know you're coming and you're just doing a spot check, your, your relative smells of urine. They haven't had a bath in days. They haven't eaten. They slam them around. They throw them around. They slap them if they say anything. They really treat elderly citizens badly. So I'm just saying to all of us, I'm so glad my parents are not here. I took care of my mom up until she died. But I'm just saying to all of us, you all need to rethink what you do with your parents. You might have to move into their house or they move into your house. And the Social Security that they earn, you use it to provide in-home care for them. That's what you all are going to end up doing because there's no way that you are going to be satisfied after this dumping your parents in a nursery. Because that's what we do. It's just like our children. We have them, oh, we want to take a baby bump pig. Oh, they look so nice in a baby bump. They make us feel important because they give you followers on Instagram and foolishness. Right? But then when the child starts going, you can't be bothered with raising it. Go sit yourself down. Go make yourself a sandwich. Then you park the child, drop him off at school, and it's the teacher's job to, to raise your child. It's the school's job to raise your child. Well, it's the same, same thing we do with our parents. Our parents raised us. But then we turn around and when we abandon them at the time when they're most vulnerable, when they're most helpless, when they can't do anything for themselves. And you have to ask yourself the question, why? You have to ask yourself, why are we like this? We don't respect our elders. We don't take care of them. We don't look out for them. We don't go to visit them because God forbid we're so busy. Years ago, I lived in an apartment building in, uh, in Southview, Michigan, and uh, it was one of those that was owned by a cooperative of senior you know, folks, and they were senior now, right? And I remember one day I got on an elevator, and a woman was on the elevator, and my apartment was on the 16th floor. And a woman got on the elevator, and when I saw her, she was crying. So I said, why are you crying? And she said, I just came from visiting my mom. I said, oh, really? Your mom lives in this building? And she said, yeah, she lives on the second floor. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, I haven't come to see her in several months, and I just went to visit her. And I, and I said, oh, you're feeling badly, huh? Missing mom and stuff. And she said, yeah. No, you know what was happening? Guilt. She probably went to visit her mom. Her mom probably had dementia. And she says, but, we, you know, there's a nurse who lives with her and takes care of her. What happened, she abandoned her mom. Then she went to visit her mom. Her mom couldn't recognize her, and she got emotional. And she feels better because her life is fast-paced and hectic, and she has to attend to this, being president of this PTA board and president of this, and everything that we think means our significance or anything that we attach significance to in an effort to prove that we're constantly living our lives. And we attach significance to so many of these things at the expense of our families and our mental health. Because not having a good relationship with your parents or abandoning them does wear on you. The guilt is enough. That's why so many people go out and do all kinds of stuff. They're living with all kinds of guilt. They have not unpacked. But I digress, right? But the point I'm making is this is how we treat our, our our seniors. This is how we treat our parents. We abandon them and we leave them. And then we expect somehow, magically, uh, somebody that's somebody else's job. Isn't it? It's somebody else's job to get your parents ready. It's somebody else's job. And you don't go to visit them. And then next thing you know, you get a phone call that they're sick, right? Next thing you know, you get a phone call that they're not well. And you're sitting there looking like a thumbs up. For those who are just joining us, we're talking about coronavirus killing Detroit nursing home residents and why. And I gave the background that because of my experience and background in healthcare and community-based healthcare uh, uh, agencies in the Metro Detroit area, I have a perspective on why coronavirus is killing senior citizens in Detroit in, 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 in nursing homes. And the reason is unsanitary on sanitary living conditions. I kid you not. One of the biggest problems we had establishing agencies and for Medicare to certify them was a lot of them was because of poor infection control. I, I, I kid you not. In most nursing homes, they're operated on the basis of money. The people who operate nursing homes are in it for the money. I kid you not. They're not concerned about the, the delivery of care. 
No matter what they tell you up front, they don't care about that. What they care about is how much money can they make. So they will have 50 residents in a nursing home, one director of nursing, one registered nurse, and about 10 CNAs, uh, certified nursing assistants. More than likely, it's about three or four CNAs for 50 people. I kid you not. That one CNA has to go from room to room to care for people. The biggest problem we had was, was infection control because they would not change gloves because the facility is not going to provide the equipment that people need because it's all about money. So they're not going to provide them with gloves and hand sanitizer as required by the CDC and the World Health Organization as the acceptable standard for washing your hands and keeping your hands clean. So now you understand why uh, people in nursing homes were dying. It's because of poor sanitary conditions. And it's also because of infection control is lacking. This is something that I had seen for many years and was very concerned about. In fact, one of the, the, the group of nursing homes in Detroit is owned by someone who failed many Medicare certifications. So when he was doing it for the nursing homes, he probably did it within somebody else's name, but he's a silent owner because he could not pass any Medicare certification. That person has questionable moral ethics. I kid you not. When I saw the name, I was shocked. Right? But a lot of it comes, a lot of why people in nursing homes are dying is from unsanitary living conditions. Poor, when I tell you poor sanitary, look, if you don't believe me and you have a relative in a nursing home after COVID is over, Make a spot check. Don't announce that you're coming nothing. If you were to do a spot check, the place smells of urine. They never clean the residence. They never change their uh, diapers. That's another thing. So, you, you, you know, you go to visit your parents and they tell you that they need diapers. Well, where's all the diapers that you are buying? They never, ever change their, their they never wash your relatives. They don't mop the floor. That was a whole big issue. They don't clean the floor properly. So the place always smells of urine. And if people can't help themselves, because some people who are in nursing homes uh, are, are unable to conduct the, what we call the activities of daily living, how you and I can get up, brush our teeth, wipe your face, what, what? Wash your hair, brush your hair, right? Have a shower and independently dress yourself. We refer to that, the nursing profession refers to that as activities of daily living. That's what healthcare calls that. Well, for senior citizens, they're challenged in that area, right? They can't conduct activities of daily living. So they're at an immediate disadvantage. And that immediate disadvantage is what predisposes them to being being susceptible to infection. This is why COVID-19 would have been rampant in nursing homes because infection control standards were subpar or below acceptable standards. If you were to go on Medicare's website and look up a nursing home, most of them are going to score one or below. They're never really, they barely, the only reason is we are compelled, Medicare is compelled to provide a certification because that's where senior citizens live. Because most of us, we are too too busy. We don't care enough. It's not just that we're too busy. We just don't care. We don't even care about our own families. So we're going to care about our parents. We ignore them. We're too busy. We have to do this on a Friday night. We have to do this on a Saturday. Sundays are just for living. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you see my point? So what happens is we end up in a situation where we leave our residents and leave our parents and abandon them. And because we abandon them, They can't take care of themselves. So here in Detroit, let me read some statistics for you. In Detroit, over 4,000, right? 1,000 senior citizens have died from COVID-19 in Detroit. Not Metro Detroit, not Southeast Michigan, Detroit. There are over 4,000 cases of of COVID-19. 4,000 residents of Detroit nursing homes have tested positive. Are you hearing me? That's a lot of people, y'all. That's a sizable portion of the population, don't you think? The fatality rate is 22% amongst assisted living and senior citizens' facility. And 40% of their population has tested positive. 
Hello, somebody. And if this is Detroit is a microcosm of what happens throughout the country. In other words, what I'm saying is it's happening throughout the country. We're all in it. It's crazy stuff. And all of this comes from poor infection control. I kid you not. It, it's that simple. Listen. Like I told you, most of these places are operated with a director of nursing because that's what Medicare requires. Well, the director of nursing is typically a figurehead. It doesn't mean she walks around with a clipboard picking stuff off. That's what their advertising will tell you, but that's not truly what happens. That's usually a figurehead. That person is usually a nurse somewhere else, okay? I kid you not. So they actually may have one registered nurse to 50 residents or maybe four CNAs, certified nursing assistants. What that means is that the nurse is walking from room to room, touching everybody. She's not changing gloves. She's not using hand sanitizer because the facility does not provide all of that. They're too cheap to do that. So it's poor infection control. The people who are cleaning the rooms, they use the same mop to clean the kitchen, the bathroom, and clean the rooms, and they don't change the water. They don't pour bleach on the floor. They don't pour, change out the bleach water. Because everybody's too busy living their lives, and they hate their jobs anyway. They hate it. There is an assisted living facility not far from here on 11 Mile and Lasser, I think, between 11 and 12. I went there once to visit someone, and I was appalled. I kid you not. I was appalled at the smell. I was appalled. And they had this together. It looked good from the outside. But when you went in and walked past some of the rooms, I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. Man, I kid you not. You have to you have to look at this thing from a whole other level. Right? You have to look at this from a whole other level. You have to look at this from the perspective that after this, we do need to change the way we do things. We can't continue like this. No, no, no. We can't. When I tell you that 4,000 Detroit residents who are senior citizens in nursing homes have tested positive for COVID-19, that's an alarming number, isn't it? It's pretty, it's pretty shook. It, it made me shake, right? And when you think about 1,000 people have died from it, it makes you shudder. Like we're seeing these deaths, and I think now we have come to the point where we are numb. We, in order to cope with it, what we have done is we have numbed ourselves. And we have said, you know what, I can't cope with this anymore. This is too much. I know we're going to need group therapy. So one of the things I'm going to do next week on a Wednesday evening, I'm just going to do collective group therapy. You know, you just say what you want to say. I'm going to try to get somebody to come talk to us and walk us through what we can do because I, I can't. I just can't. I just can't. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it is something else, isn't it? What, what are we going to do, y'all? <laughs> what are we going to do, right? So, and this is, if this is happening in Detroit, rest assured it's happening in other parts of the country because, like I told you, Medicare is the, you've all heard of Medicare Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. It's an arm of the, 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 the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, federal, right? Okay, so the government, in an effort to pay for you to receive, as a nursing home operator, for you to receive payment from the government, because they do bill for it, you best believe they do, for you to receive payment, you have to uh, ascribe and subscribe to their standards, their operating standards. Infection control for many years when I worked in healthcare was a big deal. And it was the area in which everybody was challenged the most for the reasons I have outlined. They don't observe proper hand washing techniques. You know, wash your hands when they're dirty, but you must use hand sanitizer, alcohol-based hand sanitizer in between. Nobody does that. They don't wear gloves. The same gloves they wear to touch your mom is the same gloves they use to turn the light off, is the same gloves they go next door and touch the person with. Then you have the people who come and deliver food. They don't wipe down the, the chairs, the wheelchairs, right? 
they don't even clean the bathrooms that they use or whatever toileting facilities that they use. Let's say somebody is incontinent. They don't change them. That's why nursing homes always smell of pee. Sometimes people pee on themselves because they're not being attended to properly. So, of course, infection control is going to run. Is it, you know, COVID-19 was going to run through that because there's no, there's no, you know, it's one of the first things they tell us is to wash your hands frequently. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands with uh, hand sanitizer and use hand sanitizer. They knew what they were. They were onto something. Infection control. That's basic infection control to control the spread of disease. Nursing homes are not like that. You will find that the area where the staff congregates is clean, but the area where the residents are, it's not. And what happens is that we really ought to lean on the government and lean on Medicare to not certify some of these facilities. That's what needs to happen, right? We need to ask Medicare, do not certify these people. Do not let them continue to operate. And who is going to do that? You and I who have relatives in these facilities. Because if if not, they're going to offer all kinds of reasons why. And if they continue to be certified, they're going to continue to kill people off. I just want some of the operators of nursing homes and residential care facilities and assist. I want some of them to get COVID-19. Don't you? I want them to go tour it and get a visit. And then they come back with it. And I want them to experience what it must be like. But it's also our responsibility. We're a, name, we're a group of people who don't care about our relatives. And I kid you not. In Italy, one of the reasons why COVID-19 spread so fast is that it's not uncommon for three generations to live in a home. And everybody is happy. So you have grandma, mom, and the children, and the kids. Three generations. That's why it spread so fast in Italy. Here in America, it's me, myself, and I. Me, me and my two and my three, right? Me and my three, husband, wife, and children. That's it. We don't live with our parents. We ignore them. We leave them. And they're just like, I I, I kid you not, if I had a parent who was alive and who was in a nursing home, when this thing started, I would have gone and gotten them out. I couldn't, I couldn't leave my mom there. I could not leave my parent there. It is one of the worst things that could happen. My mother, before she died, worked at Sinai Grace Hospital. And I kid you not, one of the things mom used to say that the worst cases that she ever had to deal with came from nursing homes. She used to beg us not to ever put her in a nursing home. And I used to laugh because I would be like, are you kidding me? That First of all, she would never let that happen. <laughs> Right? She died before such a thing could ever happen. Mom died in in the comfort of her own home, surrounded by people who loved her and whom she loved. She didn't have to sweat it. She didn't have to wallow in urine and stuff like that. She was just surrounded by, by people who cared about her. Do you see what I mean? I think that's the best way for all of us to move forward. This is some beef stuff, y'all. It's making me uncomfortable because as much as I want to be uh, dissociated with it, it it, it can't because it's human life. And I think in a lot of ways we are responsible because we did not take care of our parents. And the guilt is going to hurt us. So we need therapy. We are all going to need therapy after this because this is some stuff that unfortunately... When you think about it, it it has to be that what is going on with us. You see what I mean? It it do you feel me? Because it it, it isn't man. Just think about it. Four thousand people y'all tested positive, and a thousand died. And we're all the COVID nineteen is raging, and you're sitting at home, knowing your mom and pops are at a nursing home, and you're sitting at home, like. Unless they were bad parents, were they? Like, did they ignore you? I wouldn't do that. And I think it makes me, this came up the other day between me and my children, right? And I was like, dang. And my daughter said, you don't have to worry about that. 
She said, you're going to get a house. You might end up with an estate. She's like, you don't have to worry about that. And she just walked away. I mean, it just spontaneously came out of her. And my youngest daughter was just standing there like, you already know how I feel. You ain't going to worry about that, mom. That's not your story. <laughs> I didn't make them breakfast this morning, so they're kind of mad. So maybe that will change because I didn't make breakfast. You know how kids are. They change moment to moment. They did take my perfume, though. They had fun with that. Because, you know, we all can't go shopping. So mom always has a stash. And they raided my stash. But they don't know that what I let them see is not the real stash. Because mom has a stash. Heck yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so they, they they just raided me and I'm standing there. And I'm like, just give it back. And they're like, hell no. It smells good. Oh, you're not getting it back, mom. You have a stash. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, we need to do something about it. And I feel like we are going to have to change it. Because let, let me ask you this. Have you thought about yourself? I don't know about you, but I do. Have you thought about, what if I get to a stage where I can't help myself? What would happen? There are people who are in assisted living facilities who are not necessarily elderly. There are people who might have had accidents. And they're, they're incapacitated, and so their families can't take care of them anymore, or they didn't make adequate provision. That's why we all need to go buy, life, say, life insurance that has a caveat for accidental death and has a caveat that if you become incapacitated, you can be taken care of. Provide for yourself, guys and gals. Make it easy on yourself. None of us know what can happen. You can't just live like that. Buy some term life insurance that has some caveats attached to it. You see what I mean? Look for accidental death and dismemberment, right? Look for something that attaches itself to if you're incapacitated, like you had a stroke or if you a car accident or you fell out of a tree or something, that there is money coming in to take care of you every month so you don't become a burden to people and people don't drop you off in a nursing home. And, and I know some of you are saying, well, at that point, I won't know anything. No. You will be mentally aware because you can still hear. The hearing is the last thing to go, so you will be able to hear. And what if your time on earth is not up and you're going to live like that? We all need to take care of ourselves. That's part of our own self-care. It gives me, I can't begin to tell you, after my, you know, for years I used to buy life insurance. For many years, for the first 25, 30 years of my life, I bought life insurance. And then I stopped. And then when my mother got sick, I started looking at my own mortality. I kid you not. And I'm like, what are you doing, Harriet? You're not thinking. So you know what I did? I went and bought life insurance again. Heck yes. Heck to the yes. Pay that premium every month. You know it gives me a freedom of mind to know that if anything were to happen to me, my children would be taken care of. My children would be provided for. If, I'm, if I can't do stuff and so on. You understand what I'm saying? We need to take better care of stuff. You, you know, some of you are all just park your parents because you took over their house. You got them out of the house and put them in a nursing care, in a, in a residential care. That's what most people do so you can live your life. And you park them at a nursing home. And you, you agree to be the one to take care of them because the other siblings, they're too busy. But what they don't know is you don't go to see mom and pops either. You kind of just leave them there. And you lie about it. And you took over their house. You took over their bank accounts. You took over their 401k that they had left. And every little insurance that they left, you took it over. And you were living high on the hog, but your parents are living like dogs. When you were growing up, did they make you live like dogs? Did they treat you like a dog? Did they not feed you, clothe you, say, help you get into college, send you to school? could get into college. I'm appalled at how we treat uh, seniors in America. I'm appalled at us. We're a disgrace to a generation before. The generation before, the gener- the greatest generation, the one after who survived World War II, those were some folks, y'all. Yeah, they didn't do everything pity-patty like we wanted because we're so needy and we want everything. I'm serious. Look at us. But they did then survive some stuff. They weren't wimpy. 
they went out on work and provided so we can have something. When my mother died, my mother was never rich. But when she died, we got money. She left us with something. You understand what I'm saying? Not one of us can walk away saying her living wasn't paid. She left something behind. And we were all like, and then one day the bank called and said, you, you, did you all know your mom had another account uh, here with some money in it? And I was like, huh? Split it four ways. I could have just taken it over. But I said, there are four of us. Split it four ways. All I did was give the phone numbers for everybody else. And, you know, the, the bank called them. And, and so I said, tell them the same thing you just told me. Do you see what I'm saying? And she wasn't rich. But she made sure she left something behind for her children. What we all doing? Living in the moment, buying Yeezys and $300 outfits to profile on Instagram and social media. And in the meantime, we don't have anything. If something happens to you, what happens? we got to think better. That generation who are parked in nursing homes, some of them did and some didn't. A lot of the people who are in there are single men. Did you hear me, single men? I'm talking to you all, guys, because you all forget what life is. I want you all to think about these statistics right now so you make a plan for your life. You're up and running. Tomorrow is not promised to anybody. I live my life in such a way that I'm conscious. I have to ask myself, I take care of my daughter's friends. I talk to young people because I don't know. What if my children choose not to be around? I want somebody to come bring visit me and bring me a glass of water. So I can't be obnoxious and rude and not be supportive of other people. I got to go in just a few minutes. I got something to do, which reminds me, uh, I have something to do after this, right? Do you see what I'm saying, y'all? We got to do better at this. I feel like crying because some of you men, this could have been avoided. So many men end up relying on a sister to take care of you, relying on a brother or some niece to take care of you. Because when you could have made a decision to be with someone, you chose not to be because, man, I can't do all that. And you're going to live your life in such a way that you live for yourself only. Well, you will pay the price. A lot of men who are in nursing homes who were single, when they entered the nursing home, it's because they were players. It's not that they couldn't find anybody. They didn't want to come into anybody. And they didn't know that this part of life would ever catch them. As long as they could get it up, they felt like all was well and it was up. Money and sex were their God. They worshipped money and they worshipped their ability to continue having sex. Not knowing that there would come a day and time when it would not get up and it wouldn't work. And you have health complications. And you have nobody to take care of you because you never invested in anybody. You were too busy having fun. And this is just real talk. We're going to go through some group therapy this coming Wednesday night. Y'all stay tuned for that because y'all not working right now. So you're all at home. So let's say 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, good for you all, right? And we're going to talk about this stuff. And I want you all to call. I'm going to give you a number. You want to call in. You don't have to say your name. I won't identify you. You just call in and just get it out. Just say how you feel about how you've lived your life. If it's one thing this pandemic has taught us is that loneliness is not good for anybody. It is not good for you to be alone. So make sure you start living in such a way that you find somebody and you invest in that person. Love is not what you see in movies. Oh, everything is just hunky-dory and it all comes together within an hour and a half. Stuff ain't like that. We have to work at this stuff. And you can't get up every day because your penis can't get up and get happy with it and say, okay, this is life. No, baby, because you will end up being a statistic like this nursing home scenario. Love the people who love you. Take care of them. You have children, take care of them. Reach out and talk to them. I'm going to be honest with you. My mother never apologized for some of the steps that happened to me in childhood. And you all know, if you read my book, Through the Fire, you realize I had some jacked up issues. Wait till you read the next book. I had some serious issues in my childhood. I mean, they broke me. They more than broke me. They did some horrible stuff. And my mother never apologized. She never said, I am so sorry that happened to you, but I love you anyway. In fact, mom was not that uh, emotional. She never said that. But I loved her. And when she got sick, 
something in me broke. And I could not let her be sick and uncared for. I gave up part of my life and cared for her. I even slept with her one night when she was in such pain. You know what it is like to hold your parents while they're writhing in pain? And you are the child holding the parents. You see what I'm saying? It's life. I remember sitting there and it came full circle. And she was like, at that point, she was like, I can't take And I said, no, you got to do this, mom. I'm right here. She would not let me leave her. It became so. The mother who was not emotionally attached could not let me walk out of the room. I had to make sure somebody else was sitting there while I went to use the bathroom, went to brush my hair, have a shower, change my clothes, sometimes just go for a drive just so I can deal with it. I kid you not. She, she be, because it's part of the ill. You see what I'm saying? We, can, we have to. Don't let it get to that stage to pour yourself into someone. Don't wait for that. Do it now while you yet live, while you still have life. While you're here on quarantine and in a pandemic, pick up the phone and call somebody. Call that woman you know that's the one you should have been with. That's the one you should have married. If she ain't married yet, call her, apologize, go down on your knees if you have to. There ain't, there's no shame in the game. Go down on your knees if you have to and beg her. And when you do get her, treat her well so she stays with you. And if she has children, treat them well. Because you never know when life comes to an end. There they might be the ones to help you. My mother was married to a very violent and abusive man. He was horrible to her. Well, he was horrible to us. And when mom got sick, all of, of, you know, mom met him when I was a teenager. And when mom got sick, we're adults now. I said to him, can I just ask you a question? I said, who's going to come and visit you in the hospital? I said, when you met my mother, she had three children. You know, those three children were your blessing. If you had taken care of them, you would never have to worry that when you get sick, who would take care of you, who would come visit you, who would wash your feet, make sure you've eaten. I said, you'd never have to worry about that. You know, he never looked at life like that. He was one of those who was self-involved and into his own pleasure, even though he was married to a woman who adored him. He never loved her like that because it was too much. It was all about me. And having one time he explained to me, he said, every man got to have, you know, a, a, a spear, you gotta have a spear and he thought it was cute and I said be careful of that spear because I said you see what happened to mom now, she's ill but she has children who are rallying around her to take care of her, what's gonna happen to you you didn't take care of what the blessing that God had given you are you listening to me, this is just real talk I know it's Friday morning, it's just real talk and I can only tell you you, you know me by now I can only tell you the truth and be just transparently, brutally honest. Because these folks dying in nursing homes, I'm going to need therapy after this. I have to call somebody because I'm crying. Because I know what happens in those places. And I'm thinking, those people have lives. They were belong to someone. That was someone's mother. I can't barely take a breath, y'all. That was someone's mother, someone's father, someone's best. And yet they lay dying because we abandoned them. We got to do better. So you all, if you're a woman and you find somebody. Men today, it's so hard to find a man who wants to be with a woman. It's so hard to find a man who wants to commit to one woman. Or just commit, period. You can't find him. Because he thinks that life is best lived through Instagram models and, and calling people and getting all kinds of things. You all need to be careful of that stuff. You know it's out there. You're sliding into people's DMs because they post good-looking pictures, and when you show up at the crib, the house looks like the garbage truck needed to come in there and make a, or the health inspector needs to come in and make a sanitation. Come on now. And you, you're throwing your life away like that. You, you're placing yourself in situations that hurt you. Commit to someone. Be with someone. Invest in them. Invest in your children. If you have children who are young at this point, man, when this is over, you need to go hug them and kiss them and take care of those little people because they will grow up and love you. 
This morning I looked in the eyes of my 17-year-old daughter, and because I didn't make breakfast, she looked like she was going to cry. I'm like, you look like you're seven. You're going to cry because I didn't make breakfast? So you know I'm going to have to make dinner to make up for it. You know how it is. Throw it down. Like, literally, I have to go throw it down so everybody will be happy. Uh, But that's the least. (laughs) You see? (laughs) Right? Because at the end of the day, there's one thing she knows. Mommy loves her. She can go anywhere she wants. She knows. Mommy loves her. And that's the story. Do you love mom and dad? Did they love you? If they loved you and you love them, give back. Go look for them. Go visit them. Yeah, they're in a nursing home and you can't touch them or anything. Go drive by. Stand outside the window and wave. Look at them and say, hey, so you know how much I love you? I want to hug you so bad. It will lift their spirits. Just go drive by. Just go talk to them. Call them every day. FaceTime. Call them. You know, some days I wish to hear my mother's voice once more. I wish. I'm asking you all. And guys, can you take care of yourself? Make better choices about what you eat. Make better choices about who you associate with. COVID-19 has taught us Hopefully, it's taught all of us something. You have people come visit your home. If you're single, you just have a slew of girls coming in and out. Have you ever wondered who they're with when they're not around you? And during COVID, you have to ask yourself, well, if they're coming to visit me, are they going to visit someone else like this? Who, you see what I mean? And it makes you think, like, wow, they come into your home. Did you make them take their clothes off, put it in the washing machine, go have a shower before they touched you? No, you ain't thinking like that. You're thinking of the immediate sexual gratification. But you're not, we're not thinking of the, oh, and then one day you go get tested or you get scared into testing. And you can't explain, you can't even admit to yourself that your own way of living has caused you to be like this. Right? I'm saying to all of us, we need to do better and we can. And we need to. Yeah, it could have come, but it didn't have to kill off our residents. So right now, all of us, I think CMS has a uh, Twitter page. It's been so long, right? We need to start insisting that they do not certify everybody who is in a a nursing agent, nursing home, residential or assisted care living facilities. And you need to make spot checks. We all do. If you have a relative in one of those, just make a spot check. If you know somebody who has relatives there, just suggest they make a spot check. And ask questions. Why, why does auntie smell of urine? Why does face always smell of urine? What time did she eat? What did she eat? Let me see how you cook the food. Let me try to taste it. This is what you're feeding my relative other box called TMS. And shut this thing down and see what happens. Go in there and ask questions. I want to talk to the medical director. Oh, give me his number. I want him to tell me what is happening to my parents. When you start insisting like that, it ramps it up and they have to do better because they don't want you to start complaining because if you start complaining, it's going to affect their money, right? This is something we all need to think about. It's not unique to Detroit. It's everywhere because a lot of us have kept our family members in the healthcare, in, in assisted living facilities, and you need to go back there and check. Even the ones that charge $6,000 a month, and they advertise, you see them on TV? It's all glossy and clean. You, you need to go check them. Trust me. I've been there with them. Trust me. You need to go check them out. Do a spot check. You will. <laughs> you might go in there and lift and flip the tables yourself. That's how bad they can get. Otherwise, if they weren't that bad, why would a thousand people die in Detroit nursing homes? Why would 4,000 people test positive? And you know by the time they counted 4,000, they stopped counting, right? When they see the numbers, you know, it's higher. You know that because they, they release the lowest number so that it doesn't look so bad. I just want to I just wanna say thank you so much, everybody. We're going to do collective group therapy on Wednesday night at 7. You all need to just prepare for that. Okay, call in anonymously. You don't have to say your name. 
Just call him. Whatever is on your heart, whether it's losing a job, whether it's the fact that you're worried about your parents in nursing homes, or whether you're worried about your own self, you could be 65 headed to that. You don't even know if your children will be able to take care of it, so you have to make plans for that. Whatever your issues are, maybe you're worried about the person you're married to. Maybe you weren't married, and now you have to think about how my life is going to be. Some of us have some life, I call it life intersections. This is one of them. You have some life-changing decisions to make now because you recognize that you can't live alone, and it's not healthy emotionally nor physically, and it's not healthy spiritually. So you have these life-changing decisions to make, and you have to make them for your good, for your own good, for your good, right? This is Harriet Kimmick. This has been Down to Earth. Stay tuned. Uh, There's more coming. Uh, Go to my website, harrietkimmick.com, as well as go to my web pages, and you will find more information on the topics we talk about. We're available on most podcast platforms, wherever you are in the world. You can hear this and other subjects. Buy my book, Through the Fire. I'm currently donating copies of my book to domestic violence shelters across the country. Through the Fire is available on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. Just type in Amazon, Through the Fire, Harriet Kamek, and you will see my page will come up, and it will also have my books. Buy it. It is helping me to donate copies to domestic violence shelters across the country. Right? Thank you so much, everybody. I love you all. Thanks so much. I'll see you Sunday morning. We're going to talk some more about faith and how we're all coping through this pandemic. How are we coping through this? Right? Thanks so much, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Fearless Friday, isn't it? Is it? Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. (laughs) Fearless Friday. Right? Right? (laughs) Thanks so much. Be blessed, everybody. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.